Mm. Like it's challenging to set because because sometimes your individual goals are not aligned to your team goals. And how do you make sure they're aligned? Especially if you have in an eighth, you have nine people with <laughs> different individual goals. Yep. But aiming towards one common goal. So how yep. do you put it all together? Again, is that puzzle piece. Oh yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, Rowing in Color listeners. In this episode, I speak to Singapore's first Olympic rower and current hydro athlete, Aisha Rafai. We talk about her best goal-setting practices, which helped her in the years leading up to the 2016 Olympics. No doubt these will help you this year in 2023. Thanks in advance for listening and enjoy. All right. Welcome to the Rowing in Color podcast. We have taken a little bit of a break, but we are back here coming out strong in 2023. My name is Denise Aquino, and I am very excited to interview Aisha Rafai. And Aisha, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me, Denise. Of course. It's so good to speak with you. This isn't our first conversation by any means, right? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I chatted a few months ago. <laughs> yep, yep, virtually and then uh, in yeah. person. Yeah. And then even a few years ago, which, which, how small the rowing world is. So crazy. <laughs> well, um, speaking of crazy, we love a good new year. <laughs> yeah. And unlike other episodes, which are more biographical, we are, we are going to focus more on uh, just how to how to how to do better goal setting for 2023. I mean, and who who better to get goal setting tips uh, from than an Olympic rower? I, and Aisha, I mean, looking back at 2022 with with hopefully the height of the pandemic behind us, I mean, how would you say the rowing world has changed to set us up? You know, just thinking of the context for 2023. Yeah, what, what what's your thought on on the rowing world with the with hopefully the height of the pandemic behind us? I know 2022 was an interesting year, I feel, because it was a lot of transition, especially um, with the rowing world, trying to get used to the new normal and things like that, getting back to whatever is this new normal that we are, the world that we're living in right now. Um, But for me, I was heavily involved, I mean, as a hydroathlete, more of like, you know, being around the boathouse, not really being part of a competitive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know races were um, really at the height as well last year when people started to um, come together and race together instead of doing virtual races. Yeah. So it was exciting to have our regattas coming back. Um, and we met at the Charles, so that was exciting. <laughs> yes. um, I think that was one of the biggest change I felt from uh you know 2020 to 2021 and then last year when when people were just so happy to be seeing each other yeah. in, uh, being back in the same boat you don't have to be like in the single skulls um and and yeah I think the biggest thing about all of that is just how I mean based on what I'm hearing from people my uh former teammates who are who competed last year in races was just this sense huge sense of relief mm. because you don't have to be on your toes anymore about not knowing whether the race is going to be postponed or not mm. mm-hmm. and sometimes it's good to you know live life on the edge like you know you're <laughs> training a lot and 
basically life has a lot of unknowns, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with the pandemic, there's just a lot more unknowns. Yeah. And I feel that uh, that thought that anything can happen might be good once in a while, but if it's prolonged, it causes a lot of stress and anxiety. That's what I feel. That's a sense that I gathered from a lot of my rowing friends. Um, and that led to like disappointment, burnout. And I will also have a few rowing coaches, uh, friends who are telling me that, you know, it's just a huge sense of relief that they don't have to, you know, think about all these COVID protocols anymore. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I feel that everyone is just glad and grateful that, um, you know, the height of the pandemic is over, but of course we still have to be very aware and conscious about, um, you know, what's coming up and all that. Yeah. I mean, we all love consistency. We all love the same motion, the same rowing stroke, the same movement, and to have that all interrupted by the pandemic, uh, to make space for the pandemic. I mean, there's, that's definitely a valid reason to make space, Uh, but to have that, that predictability and consistency back I could see how that could be such a huge sense of relief, um, especially for folks trying to trying to reach their 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 goals, their fitness goals, or what what have you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's good news for single scholars out there because being in a single scholar is perfect for any situation, whether you're in a pandemic or not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we're all a little bit more balanced, you know, our, uh, <laughs> we don't have any strong arm on either side. Hopefully we're more balanced. Uh, but I mean, I can't speak for, <laughs> can't speak for everyone there. You spent a lot of time in a single, uh, you mentioned very briefly that you row with Hydro and I touched on the fact that you're an Olympian. Can you say a little bit more about, about your background? Just in a nutshell, since we have a whole another episode dedicated to your story. Yeah, of course. So I uh, used to row for my home country of Singapore. Um, I was the first uh, Singaporean rower to qualify for the Olympic Games in 2016, uh, which still blows my mind because it's like six years now, six years yeah. ago, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole chapter of my life. Um, it took me 10 years to get to the Olympic Games, um, but I've retired from competitive sports since then, moved mm-hmm. over to the US about four years ago um, and started my coaching. I mean, I came here to start coaching rowing, but I found my love for mental skills training um, through this uh, coaching uh, like stint that I was going through. So, so yeah, I just started a new business on mental skills training to be a mental performance coach. And, and it has been an exciting uh, journey working with a lot of different kinds of athletes. Yeah, all the goals that they have uh, in store for them for the next year. So, yeah. So it sounds like you know how to get yourself physically uh, tough, but also mentally tough. And I want to just, maybe tough is not the right word. Maybe you know how to reach the peak of physical fitness as well as mental fitness. Would that be a better way of capturing that? I guess so. But I don't see why we can't say mentally and physically tough as well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, you have a reason why you say that. I'll be, <laughs> <you know. laughs> Maybe I'm still unpacking 2022. I'm like, <laughs> When do we have to stop being tough? Can we just like lie on the beach for a little oh, bit? Oh, <laughs> I get what you mean. Yes. <laughs> but I could, see that. I could see like, yes, being strong, being tough can be tiring sometimes because sometimes you just want to relax and do n- absolutely nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. Or even just, can, can I just like live? Like, do I have to, do I have to still be tough all the time? But I think, I think, uh, I think it comes with, uh, with the sport. <laughs> so I think we can all interpret it uh, our own way there, but yeah, <laughs> you, you would be the one who would know physically tough, mentally tough, mentally fit, physically fit, however you want to phrase it. You have the years, you have the accolades, you have the experience behind it. And I mean, I'm personally excited to hear some advice for, (laughs) I mean, from an Olympic, from an Olympian, some Olympic level advice on goal setting, because I got goals for 2023. (laughs) And I could use all the help that I can get. So if you don't mind sharing, what advice do you have? Yeah, you know what? It's good to start there where you have goals because I know (laughs) a lot of people who don't know what goals to set. Um, And if you are one of those who are not sure what goals to set, I think it's an exciting journey that you can take to discover more about yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's important because you got to know like what you really want, what you like and and I was looking through, you know, how Facebook, you know, uh, reminds you of all the memories you had for the past year, right? And since I retired from competitive rowing, I did not know what goals I wanted to reach because I've reached that ultimate goal of being in the Olympics. And it's so hard to set other goals <laughs> when you reach that stage. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, but yes, I see what you're saying. <laughs> But it was scary not knowing what else to set for myself. But uh, fortunately, I found myself in a journey of trying to find out what I like, what I want to do. So I highly encourage people who don't know what goals they want to set to just go on a journey of self-discovery, increasing your self-awareness and all that. Um, But yeah, goal-setting tips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I, I mean, based on me trying to get to the Olympics uh, when it started like 10 years ago of me trying to get there, the Olympics seemed really far away and it seemed like this really unrealistic, ambitious goal only because there's no other Singaporean rower who has been there. Uh, But I set myself little short-term goals to help me get to that Olympic goal. Mm. What's, what's, uh, What's an example of a shotgun goal? Yeah, so um, there's when I was in Singapore, we have like the Southeast Asian Games, we have like regionals. Mm-hmm. So you try to kind of like conquer those smaller uh, races, and then you move on to bigger races. Mm-hmm. So if you want to put it in like like you know psychology terms, um, the goal, the big goal is called um, your outcome goal, mm-hmm. and then the small little goals are called your performance goals right? Like you want to try to be, um, uh, win a gold medal at the Southeast Asian Games, for instance, or the nationals in the US, for instance. Mm-hmm. But these performance goals and your outcome goals are well out of your control because there's things that, in the, that are in the future. So you got to set even smaller goals that are in your control mm. and things that you can focus on on almost a daily basis. Mm. And these are called the process goals. I know it might sound familiar to you or some of you out there, but process goals are the things that you can focus on every single day. Mm. So like 
rowing five times a week and even not only just rowing five times a week but each training what are you going to focus on so you really break down those process goals into things that you can do Mm -hmm. you can't do going to the olympics right it's somewhere in the future yeah so making sure you nail down those process goals that will eventually lead you to performance goals and then the outcome goals Mm. so the whole trust the process and controlling what you can control it sounds like by doing that you kind of expand what you're able to control over time and then ultimately getting to that big goal the big performance oh my gosh I'm getting overwhelmed right you got it (laughs) I know it sounds as simple as that Mm -hmm. but it is it is as simple as that and sometimes you know what to be honest with you when I wanted to get to the Olympics I have absolutely no idea how to get there right Mm -hmm. like I didn't know what performance goals I should set to get there I don't know what the small little process goals I should do on a daily basis so the other tip that I'm going to share with you there we is go. To use the resources around you, right? Mm-hmm. You have Google, um, kind of like there's a lot of rowing coaches out there who can give you advice. Um, I mean, you have to trust your instinct on what is good advice and what is not, especially if you use Google. But <laughs> you're surrounded by all these resources that can help you um, kind of like put all these uh, process goals and performance goals and even outcome goals together. Mm. I'm just pausing for a second. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Aisha got to the Olympics and without without that visibility, you became what you didn't see. Mm. And when when you're when you're sharing these tips of controlling what you can control, trusting the process and leveraging the resources around you, were there any times in your process where you had doubt and and what words of advice or encouragement would you have for folks who who might hit that wall where oh my gosh what am I doing this is such a this is such a far far goal how am I going to do this yeah oh my god a hundred percent there were many times in that Olympic journey when I just wanted to give up um, the biggest one that I can remember at the top of my head right now is right a few weeks before I went to the qualifications Mm -hmm. um, I was at a race I didn't do too well and my coach was so upset with me he told me if you continue to race this way we might not as well go to the qualifications Mm -hmm. Uh, and then of course because your coach who is someone you trust said that and I know Mm -hmm. he said that because he was really upset with me and I, I was really not performing at that point in time it made me doubt my abilities to go to the Olympics. But at that point in time, I kind of like, I spent a few hours being upset, like, you know, feeling sorry for myself, you know, mm-hmm. really feeling, being in that moment of like, accept, not really accepting, but feeling upset. But then that moment brought me to seeing how far I've come. Yeah. Like I've spent all these months training and I have only a few more weeks going to the qualifications. Like it's just a waste if I were to throw it all away. And one bad day, one bad training doesn't lead to a bad pathway. Mm. It might just be me taking one turn that leads me to a wood, like somewhere, I don't know, in the middle of somewhere. But it's always good to like backtrack and then continue to the path that I'm supposed to take. Yeah. It sounds 
like you're saying those bad days are kind of part of that process. Ooh, yes. I've never <laughs> seen it that way, but definitely. I feel that the bad days make it even more worth it. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Now I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about, <laughs> just thinking about, ooh, with my goals, if I know, I mean, I'm just going to be a little conservative here. If I know I'm only going to have 10 bad days <laughs> or 10, you know, challenging times in, in my process, then at least when they happen, I'm more likely to keep going or keep pushing myself through. But it sounds like it sounds like such a natural part of the process. And especially, especially to come from your coach, that's a big. <laughs> it is. I mean, I don't encourage coaches to ever say that. <laughs> I think my coach knew who I was at that point in time. Yeah, but I like it that you put it that way, that it is part of the process. I feel like if you reach a goal without any challenges, it's not as exciting when you, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, well, now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, wow, if I if I reached it without any bad days and was it really a goal or was it just a to-do thing on my to-do list? Yeah. Huh. So I think it has to have a certain level of challenge along the way to make it a legit goal. Otherwise, it's just something that you can do. It's not necessarily a goal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, now there's a part of me that's <laughs> like having all these grand schemes of goals. <laughs> listing all the things I currently think I can't do <laughs> oh gosh this is fun do you have any other Ooh, do you have any other pieces of advice or words of inspiration because now I'm I'm on a high this is great let's keep it going I feel that one of the most important things about setting goals is that you have to be flexible about it um, not flexible about the goal, but flexible about the process of getting there. Ooh, can you give an example? Um, I think basically, uh, let's give that Olympic journey an example, right? Um, like for instance, if something were to happen, let's say if I were to try out for Tokyo and the pandemic happened, Mm. And races were cancelled like I would be so distraught and upset if it wasn't like a linear progression towards the Olympic goals mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be like up and ups and downs and sometimes life happens and you got to change the process or change the small goals and you got to be adaptable to it that's what I feel okay yeah. okay yeah I'm I'm just I'm just processing that because I think, well, when you say process, <laughs> I'm processing that just we're so used to consistency, circling back to the beginning of our conversation, you know, rowers, people in the rowing world love consistency. They love the way these things have always been done. <laughs> and to have that flexibility in the process, maybe there's some goals we haven't achieved yet. Maybe there are horizons we haven't even touched just because we haven't left the process. And perhaps that, <laughs> yeah, we're both like, what? You're getting very philosophical here. <laughs> Something about the microphone. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I also feel like there's 
like okay for instance i'm i'm just thinking about it now um that olympic journey that i went to right mm-hmm. um there was a point a point in time where like i couldn't compete in australia uh i was on the verge of going home because that's where i was training mm-hmm. basically because i ran out of money right because i wasn't working i wasn't funded um i wasn't sponsored so I went to the grocery store, couldn't even buy groceries at that point in time. And, you know, I could have just went home and gave up on my dream. But I made sure that, you know, you're you are flexible about the process, like I mentioned before, but not the goal. Like you still want that goal. Mm-hmm. But sometimes life might take you somewhere else and you adapt to it. You make the most out of it. So at that point in time... Um, I had to depend on again the resources going back to tip number two using yeah. the resources around you so using the resources around me people were actually supportive of my Olympic dream so I set up a crowdfunding page and all that and that wasn't in my plan at all like that wasn't part of the process goals right mm-hmm. but it became part of the process goals because life happened mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you got to be um, flexible in that way. I love it. I love it. And it's like, I just keep thinking, oh, there's a will, there's a way. And I feel like in the rowing world, there's always a will. <laughs> so there are many ways, many ways to achieve these goals. Can you, can you give us a quick recap of these goals just in case folks uh, missed, missed them all? Can you give us a quick yeah, No worries. We also talked about a lot of stuff. In I know. <laughs> so the first one I talked about was the three types of goals, having the outcome goals, the big goal, having performance goals, which are the little steps you kind of like your milestones or your checkpoints. Mm. to get into that outcome goal and then the third kind of goal is the process goals like like things you can do on a daily basis so that's one and then the second one I was talking about is um, getting making use of the resources around you if you're unsure of what goals to set use the resources around you if you are unsure about what are the small steps you can take to get to your goal ask uh, reach out to communities reach out to coaches and then the third one I shared was um, being flexible and adaptable. There you go. Olympic level advice. Olympic level advice. Ooh, I am going to process this later after <laughs> <laughs> after editing this episode. I, I will definitely find this. I find this so useful. And thank you so much for sharing all this. If if folks want to reach out to you to hear more or uh, follow you on your journey, how can folks do that? They can follow me on my Instagram handle, which is Arisha, A-R-I-E-S-Y-A-H. Um, yeah, feel free to message me. You know, um, I had a goal setting like session promotion once uh, where like I just you know, sit down with someone and talk about their goals. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to to hear about how people think about their goals. The why behind it? More of like, um, like they know what they want to go for. They have all the action plans set for it. Like they know the why, but it's more of like the people that who I've been talking to, they have so many goals 
right? Like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of us, we not only have like the fitness athletic goals, but we also have like the professional goals, mm. life goals, relationship goals. Mm. And, you know, just helping them to like put all of this together because it can be overwhelming if you have a lot of goals, like when you should focus on this, how to prioritize this. It's just interesting. It's like pieces of a puzzle and you're helping people like put them together. Oh, wow. I feel like, I feel like I need to give you a phone call and just yeah, I, would, I would love to help, help you like sort things out. Oh my gosh. I mean, maybe there are a few organizations, rowing organizations or not rowing organizations listening to this episode that could use some help with organizing their quarterly priorities for this year. And if they do, Aisha's uh contact info is will be in the show notes. So I appreciate you pointing that out because it can get overwhelming balancing it all. And the optimism of the beginning of the year is uh, <laughs> encouraging, <laughs> uh, but it also makes, it doesn't set us up for a very positive February if we're not creating those processes, using our resources and, uh, and making sure we're uh just managing our priorities well. So I, I might reach out to you for extra advice on that. <laughs> yeah, and I I honestly would love to work with teams to help them set not only individual goals, but team goals as well. Mm. Like it's challenging to set because because sometimes your individual goals are not aligned to your team goals. And how do you make sure they're aligned? Especially if you have in an eighth, you have nine people with <laughs> different individual goals. Yep but aiming towards one common goal. So how do you put it all together? Again, is that puzzle piece. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I can't tell you how many messages we get from rowing organizations who are always looking for, we need a speaker, we need a consultant, we need a person of color, we need representation. And this is this this is it. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. the sign. This is your episode. Reach out to Aisha. She has the experience and the knowledge and the degrees and the accolades and all of it. So definitely reach out to her because let's just keep moving this sport sport forward. Let's just keep doing that. And kindness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've done it for a whole country, so I'll, I'll take your advice on anything. Actually, <laughs> oh gosh, is there anything else you'd like to add for our rowing and color listeners? No, just thank you for having me here, and excited to see what's in store for the new year. Thank you so much for listening to Rowing in Color. Please remember to follow or hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're on Instagram, please follow us at Rowing in Color. We really appreciate it. Just as much as we appreciate you. So this is Denise. And Patricia signing off. Stay safe, everyone.